You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Morning, Christ Walk Church. How's everybody doing today? So good to see all of you. Um, in the house this morning, I am I'm pumped about today's message. Um, looking forward to that. Before we jump in um, to today's message, though, there's a couple people that I would like to um, recognize. Today is um, the first official Sunday for uh, our executive pastor Trevor Heineman, who's right up here um, on the very front row because he likes to be close to the action. And um, his wife, Lauren, and their daughter, Lydia, I think Lauren uh, may have heard me singing, and so she ran out of the back of the auditorium um, momentarily. Uh, But um, I know that they are looking forward to being able to connect with all of you um, and get to know you. And so uh, you can do me a favor um, when you you do make your way to them, and they'll be... um, Over the next several Sundays, they'll try to position themselves um, out front uh, at the close of service for you to connect with them. If you could do me a favor and do them a favor, when you see them, just say, hey, my name is, and introduce yourself that way because it'll be easy for you to know the two of them. It'll be a little bit more difficult for them to know all of you. So you could help them out, help me out by just telling them your name. And they would love um, to get further connected with you. In fact, they're both going to lead um, life groups this semester, uh, one for men and one for uh, ladies. And so if that's something that you're looking to be a part of, um, I know that they would love for you to jump into their groups. That would give you a way to... Um, connect with them further as well. And so um, before we jump into the message, though, could, could we just, with a, with a hand clap, could we just give them a nice welcome to Christ Walk? We are so, so glad that they are here and um, just looking forward to all that they're going to bring uh, to the table as a part of this house and um, what God is doing here. So uh, if you got your Bible, you got a smart device, I want to uh, encourage you, invite you to turn with me to the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs. Um, And so we're going to land actually in a couple places here in just a minute. Proverbs 13, we're going to read one of the Proverbs there, and then Proverbs 21. So you can stick a finger in 13 and then uh, slide over eight chapters, and we're going to read a verse there as well. And so we'll land there in just a minute. Um, I was reading some statistics earlier this week, and according to those statistics, if you made a New Year's resolution, it is highly likely that by this point you've already failed and given up. Welcome to Christ's Walk, where our message is one that is full of hope (laughs) and encouragement. Um, Studies show that between 80 and 90% of all New Year's resolutions end up failing. And of those that throw in the towel, listen to this, one in four, 25%, do so in the first week. They don't even make it a whole week. And two out of the three people that are left don't even make it a whole month. And so if you're here among us today, you're watching with us online this morning, and you are one of the few that is still going strong as we head into week seven of 2023, then congratulations, you deserve some recognition. 
But if you're like the rest of us, the question is, why do some people have success with things like that and other people don't? And see, I believe that the answer to that question comes down to one specific quality. And I also believe that, that this quality not only has the potential to impact the trajectory of your year this year, but it has the potential to impact the trajectory of your life. And this one individual quality, it is, it is the cornerstone, it is the key when it comes to things like our spiritual acuity, our ministry impact, our physical health, our relational strength, our financial potential, our goal achievement, the list goes on and on and on. And the good news is that this quality is not based on your appearance. It has nothing to do with how good-looking or well-groomed you might be. It's not based on your background, things like your, your place of origin or what family you came from. It, it has nothing to do with your education, how well you did in school, what college you went to, what degrees or certificates you hold. The quality that I'm speaking of is one that is a very simple thing in and of itself, but it's something that is very difficult for us to master, and it's the quality of Consistency. Consistency. Let's take a look at what Proverbs has to say about consistency. You've turned there or swiped there with me. Proverbs 13, verse 4, it says this. It says, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. We read later in Proverbs 21, verse 5, it says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And so the principle that we see here developing, um, beginning to, to formulate, is that consistency is directly related to the ongoing investment that we make into something over time. And now when you hear that, I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, well, great. I'm behind the eight ball before I even get started because if there's one thing that I'm consistent at, it is being inconsistent. I'm inconsistent with my diet and what I eat. I'm often inconsistent with reading my Bible. I'm inconsistent with my exercise. I'm inconsistent with being on time. We could all list the things that we struggle with consistency in. And the majority of us are like that in some capacity. But we have the best of intentions. It's not that we don't want to eat more healthy. It's not that we don't want to read our Bibles. It's not that, that we wouldn't like to be in better shape. It's not that we're trying to show up late all the time. It's that we just struggle with the follow through. And if you can identify with that this morning, I have great news for you. That means that you're a lot like this guy known as the Apostle Paul who wrote approximately two-thirds of the New Testament. See what he says in Romans chapter 7. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. Don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can anybody identify in the house 
a couple people, the rest of y'all just deceiving yourself. But take heart this morning, because the same hope that was given to the Apostle Paul is the same hope that is available to you and me today. And so if you're here and you are tired of having the best of intentions only to fall short time and time and time again, this message is for you. Today, we're in part, series, or part six of a series called The Ways of the Wise, where we're taking a look at what the Bible talks to us about living successful and fulfilled lives. And all the way back in part one, we talked about the importance of making wise decisions and the importance of deciding now what we are going to do later. And so we've come up with this formula that we've been using for this entire series, and it simply goes like this. When I am faced with blank... I will blank. In other words, whenever XYZ situation arises in my life, I'm choosing ahead of time. I'm deciding now what I'm going to do. And so when that situation comes, this is how I'm going to behave. This is how I'm going to respond. We are not going to leave it up to chance. We are not going to wait until we are in the heat of the moment because we know that wise people decide now how they are going to live later. And we make all of these decisions ahead of time based on the things that we value. Because we understand that our decisions will determine our direction. Our direction will ultimately determine our destination. And so over the course of this series, we're considering together how we can arrive at six specific destinations in order to become people who are prepared, devoted, generous, faithful, consistent, and finally people who are finishers. And so the remainder of our time today, I want us to zoom in on this topic or concept of consistency. In his book entitled Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell suggests that it takes 10,000 hours of doing something to achieve mastery of that thing. Like maybe it's playing a sport or playing a musical instrument or something like woodworking or painting or sculpting, or you get the idea, 10,000 hours in order to achieve mastery of any one particular thing. And so to help, uh, help you understand what that actually looks like, it boils down to eight hours per day, five days a week, 44 weeks per year for five and a half years. And, and I don't know about you, but when, when I hear those statistics, my first thought is, ain't nobody got time for that, right? But remember, Proverbs 21.5, we looked at it already. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. I've heard it said kind of like this, that successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. In other words, we are what we repeatedly do. That's what this that's what this proverb is communicating to us that it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference, it's what we do consistently. Because the truth is, eating a Big Mac occasionally is not going to turn you into a fat lard with clogged arteries. It's just not going to happen. In the same way that lifting weights occasionally isn't going to make you become a bodybuilder. 
and practicing the principles that we've discussed in the previous messages of this series, doing those things occasionally is not going to lead to you becoming prepared or devoted or generous or faithful or any of those things. Because it it requires consistency over time if we're going to become the person that God has created and designed us to be. And when I think about that, when I think about that, that, that idea or that concept, I can't think of a better person in the scriptures that model that for us other than the person of Daniel. He's one of the most well-known characters in all of the Bible, and he's also one of the most consistent people to have ever lived. Over the course of Daniel's life and the record that we have of him in the scripture, we see that he was consistent in his morals, he was consistent in his relationships, he was consistent in his spiritual walk, he was consistent in his leadership. He is the picture of what it means to be consistent. And so if you're unfamiliar with the story of Daniel, let me give you a brief recap. It's around 605 BC. It was a great year. About 18 years after Babylon destroyed Jerusalem, the Babylonian government abducted and enslaved many of the young people of Israel. And the best and brightest of those youth were brought to live at the king's palace. They sought to indoctrinate and brainwash them. They wanted to train them in the ways of Babylonian culture and ultimately equip them to become the future leaders of their nation. And among this group was a man by the name of Daniel and his three friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Maybe you've heard of them. And we're told early on in the book of Daniel the the ways that these young men decided that they were going to live their life. Their first encounter, we see that they refused to eat from the king's table and chose vegetables and water instead. And that because of that choice to not eat food that was offered to false gods and and false idols and and everything, and for them to forge their own path and honor God with their life, that that, that they they were more handsome and and smarter, and and the Lord gave them bigger muscles. And so uh, time after time after time, they proved to be a lot like your pastor. That's what the Bible says. Because they chose to abstain from that stuff. Later on, we we see um, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego put in a position where um, all of the nation was commanded that they must bow down and worship the king's idol or they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And time after time, they refused to bow. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. And when the king looked into the furnace that actually killed the soldiers that threw them in there, he saw not three men standing in the fire, but four and one who resembled the son of the living God. And when they came out of the furnace, their clothes were not burned, their hair was not singed, and the Bible says that they did not even have the smell of smoke on them. That's how these young men established who they were going to be. They, they decided beforehand how they were going to live. And so um, where we pick up in Daniel, we're going to look at a couple verses in Daniel chapter 6. If you want to turn there, this is actually some 60 plus years later. A lot of people think that Daniel was still perhaps a young man when this happened, but he's actually probably in or near his 80s at this point. And it's here that we find a new king from the land of Persia. 
by the name of Darius has taken the throne and is now in charge. And Darius notices that Daniel displays an unusual consistency in his life that sets him apart from all of the other leaders in the kingdom around him. And as a result, Darius begins to plan to promote Daniel and to give him authority over the other top leaders of the empire. The other leaders get wind of King Darius's decision, and they begin to try to undermine Daniel's credibility. And so they start to do things like dig up dirt on him, and they go and they find all of his old girlfriends and talk to them. They look back at his Twitter and Instagram posts from high school. They start listening to old interviews and podcasts that he was a part of. They, they do everything that they possibly can to find a flaw in his character and have him canceled by the culture of the day. And we pick up in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. And so since they couldn't find any fault in the life of Daniel, they decided to take a bit of a different tack. They convinced the king to sign a law that for 30 days no one could pray to anyone besides the king. And that if they did, they would be thrown into a den of hungry lions. We read later in the chapter in verse 10, it says, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down, watch this, as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Because of that, to his dismay, King Darius ended up having to have the one that he was hopeful for, for the future of his nation, for the future of his empire, the one that he was going to place second in command over all the land. He had to throw him, have him arrested and throw him in the den of hungry lions. But it was in that lion's den that God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. The next morning, King Darius rushes out, sees that Daniel is still alive, and we read in verse 23, it says, The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Now, it's interesting to me that it says that in that verse right there, for he had trusted in his God. And, and what we don't see and, and, and what many of us gloss over is that Daniel didn't learn to trust God in the chaos of the lion's den. He learned to trust God in the confines of his prayer closet. It was in that, that regular, consistent lifestyle that he lived. That's where he learned to trust God. That's why he could go back to that prayer closet, even when the, the laws of the land deemed it illegal. Even when he knew that he was going to face severe punishment. Even when it looked like there was no hope for him and that death was going to be the outcome. Daniel had learned. He had built his relationship with the Lord time after time after time of going to that prayer closet. Living that lifestyle of consistency. And that is the thing that caused him to continue to be able to live that way. 
It wasn't in the heat of the moment of the lion's den. Daniel had decided ahead of time how he was going to behave, how he was going to live, how he was going to respond to any situation that came along. See, most of us will pray occasionally. We'll pray maybe over our meals or we'll pray when some difficulty arises. We do that occasionally, but what we see patterned in the life of Daniel is that Daniel prayed consistently. And we see that it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what we do consistently. And so then the question for us becomes, and where I want to spend the remainder of our time this morning, is how do we grow in consistency? How do we grow in consistency? And so if you're taking notes, maybe you want to write these down. Three things we must do to become consistent. Three things we must do to become consistent. And the first one is to start with why. Start with why. In his book of the same name, Start With Why, Simon Sinek talks about how most people or most companies tend to go about their business or their daily affairs determining what they're going to do first, then how they are going to do that thing, ultimately then third, arriving at why it is that they are doing the things that they are doing. But what he discovers and what he lays out in this book, and there's, there's even a TED Talk on it that you can find if you're into that sort of thing, I would highly recommend. It's fascinating. He says that, that the most successful people and companies among us tend to do those things in reverse. Rather than starting with what they're going to do, they start with why they want to do something. And then they come up with the how, ultimately arriving at what it is that they do. And Cynic, he, he pushes this idea or, or um, this concept is that when we make a decision based on a strong why, we end up owning it. When we make a decision based on a strong why, we end up owning it. So then we ask the question, well, why did Daniel pray consistently? And the truth is that Daniel didn't pray consistently because it's what he was supposed to do, you know? A lot of us, that's why we do things. We, we do things because it's what we're supposed to do. We're, we're supposed to go to church. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to read the Bible. We're supposed to tithe. And so those things turn into just a checklist that we, we just check the boxes off all the time. But for Daniel, it was never about the outward show. It was never about just checking off the boxes. Daniel's consistency in prayer was born out of an inward devotion to his God. He had figured out and formulated his why. We talked about New Year's resolutions earlier. The reason most of those fail is not from a lack of desire. It's from a lack of devotion. People in general, they want to change, they want things to be different, but they don't have a clear or compelling why. Because the truth is, if they had a clear or compelling why, they wouldn't wait for January to roll around. Like, imagine if the doctor told you this week that you need to lose 50 pounds, or you need to quit smoking, or you need to do whatever, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, or you were going to die, you wouldn't wait until January 2024 to get started on that. 
right? You would do it today. You do it right now. Because prolonged life would, would be the, the substance of your why. And so if you want to be more consistent in your life, rather than worrying about what you're going to do, focus on the why you're going to do it. Forget about willpower. We need some why power, right? Because when you decide to become a more consistent person, here's what's going to happen. You are going to come up against obstacles, Your sin nature is going to try to push back and resist at every turn. It's going to get hard sometimes. You may not always get support from the others that are around you. And there are going to be days that you wake up in the morning and you are just not going to feel like it, right? You're not going to feel like doing whatever it is. You're not going to feel like reaching forward to that goal. You're not going to feel like taking the next step. It's in that moment that you have to know what your why is. Pastor Craig Rochelle says it this way. He says, when you know your why, you will find a way. When you know your why, you will find a way. So we start becoming consistent by defining, determining, and chasing after our why. Because when our values are clear, our decisions become easy. So we start with why. Number two. Not only do we start with why, but we've got to stay the course. We've got to stay the course. I want you to consider in in 60 plus years of Babylonian captivity, where we know what it says about Daniel. We just read part of his story. In the 60 plus years that he was in Babylonian captivity, is it possible that Daniel missed one of those three daily prayer times? I mean... Of course he did. He was human. Now, the the Bible doesn't explicitly say this, but but we can can read into this. There was was probably a day that he was sick. There was probably a time that he might have had to work late. Maybe he had a meeting run over. Maybe he overslept once or twice. He's just like us. He was human. But yet he didn't allow those times to define him. The Bible doesn't talk about those times. The Bible talks about how he was consistent in his prayer life three times a day. But but this is why most of us live lives of inconsistency. It's because of what is known as an all or nothing mindset. We fall short of the goal one time, and so we throw in the towel and we label ourselves as a failure. Consider a man by the name of Ty Cobb. He is the greatest hitter in the history of Major League Baseball. He holds the best batting average of all time, .336 over his 24 seasons. And he is heralded as the greatest hitter. He's got a shrine for himself in the Cooperstown Hall of Fame. People go and they they see it every single day. But, But at a batting average of 366, that means that nearly two out of three at bats over the course of his career, he didn't get on base. But yet he's considered to be the greatest. Michael Jordan made nine buzzer-beating, game-winning shots in his 15-year NBA career. But he missed the game-winning shot at the buzzer 26 times in that span. Here's what he says. 
He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. You need to know this morning that your failures are not final. You can fail forward. And so we cannot confuse being consistent with being perfect. All right, so I want you to do something. Turn to your neighbor right now and tell them, look them right in the eyeballs and say, you are going to mess up. Tell them that. Do it right now. Just once. You don't have to beat it into them. Some of y'all took way too much liberty with that. There are some husbands and wives that were like, the gloves came off right there. You're going to mess up. So plan for it. Know that it's only a momentary failure. It's part of the process. You're going to mess up. On, on the YouVersion Bible app, I, I, I use that to um, do some of my daily devotions. And a lot of us, um, we, uh, we read uh, reading plans together as a church. Did you know that you can also make Christ Walk Church your church on the Bible app? So if you haven't done that, go in and do that. And, and we'll post different Bible reading plans throughout, throughout the year that we'll be reading together. So I would encourage you to do that. But there's a feature um, on that app called Streaks. And it lets you know how many times in a row you've opened the Bible app and participated in your reading plan for that day. My streak as of this morning is 77. And so that means that 78 days ago, I messed up, and I didn't open the Bible app, and I failed to read my reading plan for that day. And honestly, I'm surprised y'all still go to church here. (laughs) I mean, how can you continue to call me your pastor, right? But in keeping with our values, authenticity is our lifestyle. I've come to confess my streak is only 77. And so when I say that, you think, Pastor Blake, that's absurd. And you're right, it is. But we hold ourselves to a different standard. We hold ourselves to that that standard of perfection. And we, we we just can't live up to it. And so here's a good principle. Here's a good rule of thumb. If you miss one, just don't miss two. If you miss one day reading your Bible, just make sure that you don't miss two days. If you miss one Sunday at church, just make sure that you don't miss two. If you eat one unhealthy meal, don't let it turn into two. If you miss one day at the gym, don't let it become two. You get the idea. You could put anything into those sequences. Whatever happens, just keep going. Keep making forward progress. Just stay the course. Just be like Dory in Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, right? I love this quote from George Will. He says, the pursuit of perfection often impedes improvement. The pursuit of perfection often impedes 
improvement. Let me let you all off the hook today. There is only one person that has ever lived that is perfect, and you are not him. You're going to fall short. You're going to mess up. You're going to get it wrong at some point, but don't let the illusion of perfection to be the reason why you don't even try or why you give up in the middle of the process. A black belt is simply a white belt that just didn't quit. A doctor is simply a kindergartner that just didn't quit. A faithful Christ follower is simply a new believer who just didn't quit. And one day you will thank yourself for not giving up. So stop worrying about being perfect and instead focus on being consistent and just stay the course. We start with why, we stay the course. Number three, we got to stick to the process. Stick to the process. Here's the deal. Daniel wasn't living his life that way to impress King Darius so that he could ultimately get a promotion. He was simply being consistent in his devotion to God. He was simply being consistent in his pursuit of his why. The mistake a lot of people make is that they obsess about a goal. I gotta lose 20 pounds. I gotta pay off my credit card. I I gotta read the whole Bible. And they think they haven't succeeded until they hit their goal. They've lost 15 pounds, but that's still not success. They've paid down their balance by several hundred dollars, but that's still not success. They've, they've just read the, uh, a few books of the Bible instead of the whole thing, but that's still not success. I need to tell you this morning, it's not the goal that matters, it's the process. See, I have a goal that I've been working toward. One of my goals in my life, this may sound silly and superficial too, a lot of you, but it's important to me, is I want to be able to bench press 225 pounds. Number one, it looks super studly to have two 45-pound plates on each end of that bar, okay? And so just once, and when I do, I'm going to capture it on video, and I'm probably going to play it in here on a Sunday morning, (laughs) just because I can. But there's another reason According to the statistics I've read, less than 1% of the world's population can bench press 225 pounds. And I'm getting really close to my goal. And I started a long, long way away from it. Like where there wasn't even one 45-pound plate on the end of the bar. And I would go in there and I would grit my teeth and, and struggle fight against it, on and on and on. And here's what I know to be true. My my win is not hitting my next PR. My win is just showing up. Because I know that if I'm consistent, I'll make progress. And it's the same in our walk with Christ. And so the, the, the core, kind of the crux of this message, the big idea is simply this. I'm not successful when I achieve a goal in the future. I'm successful when I honor God today. Some of you need to write that down. 
Some of you need to put it on a sticky note or a note card or something. You need to put it on the bathroom mirror. You need to put it in your car. You need to put it on the front of the refrigerator, someplace that you will see it every single day. And you need to remind yourself that you're not successful when you achieve a goal in the future. You are successful when you honor God today. So the question is, where's God calling you to honor him with greater consistency? Maybe it's in your church attendance, maybe it's in your Bible reading, your prayer life, maybe it's in service to others, perhaps it's in the realm of your finances, maybe it has something to do with your health, maybe he's calling you to be more consistent in your role as a spouse or a parent, a student, the list could go on and on, but where's the Holy Spirit giving you that nudge? Where's the area that God is calling you to be more consistent? And then the thing that we need to realize is that success begins with you showing up in that area today. And then tomorrow, and then the next day, and the next day. One day, one step, one choice, one decision at a time. And now watch what happens. When we live like that over the course of our life, get far away from the decision point and it ends up setting us apart the same way that it did Daniel it doesn't mean that we're perfect it doesn't mean that we're somehow better than everyone else around us it doesn't mean that we're always going to get it right and that we're never going to fail that there's never going to be any setbacks that we're not going to have to get up and dust ourselves off and continue to move forward once again. It doesn't mean any of that, but it does guarantee that we're going to become more and more of who God is calling us to be each and every day. If we'll start with the why, if we'll stay the course, if we'll stick to the process, those three things will help us to become consistent one day at and not only will that change the trajectory of our year, it'll change the trajectory of our lifetime. I'm not successful when I achieve a goal in the future. I'm successful when I honor God today. For some of you in the room, for some of you watching with us online, perhaps the best thing that you could be, uh, do to become successful is to take a step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never done that before. That's the place that it begins. And I'd like to invite you to do that with me today by praying this simple prayer. It's going to be on the screen if you need it. I invite you all to pray with me. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. Today, I choose to follow Jesus in his way rest of my life. Now, Father, I pray for those that already know you, but they're trying to continue to improve. They're trying to, to move forward in their walk, in their relationship with you so that they can become better followers of Christ, perhaps better husbands and fathers, perhaps better wives and mothers, perhaps better sons and daughters. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that, that you would build into their lives consistency, 
in the same way that Daniel built consistency into his. Lord, that you would help us to start with why, with, with the end result in mind, with the reason behind what we're doing instead of beginning with just the goal we want to accomplish. And Lord, I pray that when the going gets tough, Lord, that you would help us to stay the course. That even when we fail, we would realize that failure is not final. And that, that that failure would serve as a springboard to launch us forward into the future that you have in store for us. And God, I pray that you would help us to just fall in love with the process. To realize that we just stick to what you've called us to do. That our success is not based on achieving a goal in the future that we are successful when we honor you today. God, let that be our heart's cry every single day that passes. When we wake up in the morning before our feet even hit the floor, Lord, I just want to honor you today. Lord, help me to do that. Help us to do that. Help us to honor you with each and every day that passes. Lord, so that we can live a lifestyle of consistency that others would see and that they would take note and because of our decision to live this way, Lord, that it would inspire them to follow after you. But I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and lives of your people right now. Thank you for the nudge of the Holy Spirit that is poking and prodding them to step out and move forward into greatness. Lord, I thank you for the forgiveness that you offer us when we fail, when we fall, when we don't get it right, that it's not final. That you still have a future for us full of hope. And we lean into that today. Make it real and true in our lives and in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.